Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. The walls are demolished. Nehemiah is, these walls are demolished. The gates that were wooden are reduced to ash. So he's surveying the damage. He comes to these barriers, these blockades, these these, uh, things that have to be moved. See, you and I can just keep adapting and detouring, or we can let God deal with it. We can, we can just continue to say, well, I guess that's just going to be in my path forever and I'll try to shimmy around it or I'll try to climb over it. But there are certain things that you need God to help you move out of the way. And we sang a song this morning that I loved in worship. Wasn't worship amazing? It always is when you are lifting up in the name of Jesus and I was just thinking the third day that stone was rolled away. And some of us have these big stones, these big things, these barriers that are just sitting in the path. And we've kind of adapted to them. And over the last three years, we just, it's just part of the scenery of our walk of faith that takes extra energy and kind of drains us. And so Nehemiah, we have to understand something. He's rebuilding in a very real sense, like the literal stone structure of these walls. It's moving some of these stones out of the way, but it's more than just moving stones and boulders. It was, it had a spiritual task. It was realigning and reassembling God's people into God's place. Do you hear me? Church, Jerusalem has been run down. In Nehemiah's day, the inhabitants have been run out. It was, uh, you know, deserted, emptied, and abandoned. But this is God's place, Jerusalem. And Nehemiah gets a burden to to be a part of seeing it built and rebuilt. Those burdens and those barriers and literal boulders that had fallen from the walls, they needed repair. And at the same time, there was mental, there was spiritual, there there were these barriers and burdens that needed to be overcome. So I want to give you four barriers over the next four weeks, all right? Four boulders that you can keep, you know, you can keep trying to get over them. But what if we made a decision to invite the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and the plan of God to see those things moved out? And so we're going we're gonna to see God deal with those because God is realigning, he's reassigning, he's reassembling uh, God's chosen people and God's intended place. So we're going places. Say, I'm going back to church. Say, I'm going back to build And so let's deal with the first barrier right now to be dealt with. When I decide I'm going back and I'm going back to build the first barrier, let me let me let me show it to you. I've got I've got some uh, graffiti here. All right, this is graffiti with a purpose. Our first barrier that we are going to deal with. Hopefully, you can see it. Too busy. The barrier of I'm too busy. And and I will subtitle this discussion today, Dealing with a Distracted Spirit. 
dealing with a distracted, ooh, the, the oohs are coming out. Dealing with a distracted spirit. And I want to show you this from Luke chapter 10 because we see a contrast. We see Mary and we see Martha and they both have gained the same audience. It's the audience of Jesus. Imagine Jesus is at your house and one of you, Mary is the example of this, is sitting at the feet of Jesus. I would want to be there. I, I would like to think I would be there. But I know myself a little too well and I'm a list guy. I got lists on top of lists. I got a lot of stuff I want to do, and I like to check off my list. And Martha was a get it done, take care of the practical stuff lady. And she's running around getting food ready, hosting and being hospitable, taking care of all these natural things. And then, and that's fine if you got to take care of some natural things, because some of us, that's our lane, right? We love that stuff. But then she gets bitter. And she goes to Jesus and says, hey, I'm doing all this stuff. Mary's just sitting in there at your feet. That's what she's doing. And look at verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not even care that my sister has left me to do this all alone, just to serve alone? And then she has, an, she has a request. Ask her to help verse 41 and Jesus answered and said Martha you are worried and troubled about a lot of stuff <laughs> you got a lot of stuff up there Martha you got a lot of issues you're working through and you're and you're worried by those things and you're troubled by those things Mary doesn't have worry and trouble and anxiety because Mary is sitting in a position where the worries and the doubts and the trials and the traumas of life are instantly put in focus with the picture of Jesus. When you're fixed on Jesus, the other stuff still happens, but it's, it doesn't take center stage. The other stuff still happens, but it's not the main player because there's a grace that you find as you walk in Christ. It's not that bad stuff doesn't happen to people who love Jesus. It's just that when the bad stuff happens, there's grace to deal with it, there's a response of faith to say, God, maybe you're redirecting me with this. Maybe you're deepening your, the roots of my faith through this process. And we find purpose even in pain as you sit at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus answered, you're worried, you're troubled about many things. And then verse 42, I like this. It says, but one thing is necessary. Mary, you got lots of stuff, but there's only one thing necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. The stuff God does in your life, when you're sitting at his feet, when you're reading his word, when you're in his presence, the stuff, nobody can touch that. The deep spiritual answers, the, the, the deep soul restoration, the stuff that happens when he revives your, your heart, and just halfway through one song or halfway through one verse, and all of a sudden you, you, you get like this unction again. You know what unction is? That's like, that's like King James Pentecostal word, right? That's like, you get this unction. It's a movement inside you. And you're like, whoa, I have, I have energy and I have inspiration and I'm not as disappointed. I don't feel as defeated. I actually feel like there's a hope and there's a future. And I feel like I can take another step or two. And when you're sitting with Jesus and walking with Jesus and receiving from Jesus, all of a sudden barriers start to go. 
Whatever is distracting you, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something, church? There is only one thing necessary. Come on, think about your life. Come on, the dashboard is, is large. The gauges, there are many. And, you, and it's, whether it's work or family or, or parenting or marriage or purpose or mental health or physical health or on and on and on. There's many, many things. But Jesus says there's only one thing that's necessary. Your relationship with Jesus. Don't get too busy. Martha, you're distracted. You're, you think you have the, the, the very classic excuse of get it done, make it happen, people in Washington, D.C. I'm too busy. And I'm busy doing good things. I'm busy doing some other things, but I, I would like to really focus on I'm busy doing good things. Your relationship with Jesus, it's not a distraction. It's your very, it's your very foundation. It's, it's your faith foundation, but it's your life's foundation. And to let other things crowd it out, to let other things become prioritized above, to let other things, to be deceived, to think that that's just, I'm just, I got, I got stuff going on. I can't get to this. Your relationship with Jesus is not a distraction. Amen? Come on, growing in God is not a distraction. Say amen, right? Learning his word and learning his ways, that's not a distraction, is it? Finding and investing your gifts is not a distraction. Hearing from God, experiencing the presence of God, being supported by the community of God as we go into Citizen Group Sunday and we all find a group, right? That's not a distraction, these things, like back to church is back to the, to the one necessary thing that we all need. It's Jesus. Don't let the I'm too busy for church lie deceive you. Make the right choice. And, and let it be a value. Let it be a conviction. Let it be something that gets inside of you and it becomes um, like, like a north star when other things are competing, when other things are, are, are vying for your attention and, and your, your, your life and your hope and your energy and your money and your time and your talents and all those things. Let the north star of, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm back to church and I'm back to build because I need Jesus. Uh, we were traveling uh, out of town one Sunday. It was actually Gavin and I, it was a few years ago when he was doing a lot of golf tournaments in the summer. It was his last year for college recruiting. And so we were really pushing hard. And I think we were gone for about four weeks in a row to tournaments and we we're just on the road. And uh, we're sitting at a restaurant on a Sunday afternoon. And, and what I loved during that time with Gavin is he, he said to me one Sunday, he's like, man, I can't, I don't know how, if I can do this much longer. I hate missing church. And I went, well, that's good. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's a good sign. But we're in this restaurant. It's after the tournament for the weekend was over. And I don't know if you remember this, but there's three couples sitting in a table next to us. And we overhear them talking about church. And it's Sunday afternoon. So this is the, we went to church, then we went out to eat. And uh, yeah, we, and we could overhear them. And one of them mentioned church uh, that they had come from. And so I thought instantly, I, I was like, oh no, this is the dreaded post-op condemnation of what went wrong at church like the post-mortem it's this is the pile on this is where they talk about how i don't like that song and can you believe the carpet was changed to this and you know really important weighty eternal matters uh 
And so I was like, oh man, we're going to be a fly on the wall to hear some church get crushed. And uh, you know what, though? I was amazed. I was amazed because they were, they were so excited. They were so engaged, so connected, so dialed in, felt such a part. They were so zealous of their church and involved in the mission of their church. I, I sat there, I was like, I want to go to that church. Like, this is a church that's reaching their community. This is a church that makes it to the, to the, to the lunch afterwards with a good review. And that has less to do with the church and more to do with the decision you made as a disciple. They weren't just sporadically attending. They were faithfully building. I was like, wow, listen to these. I mean, it was encouraging. I thought, That's, this is an amazing church. And understand me, the, the, these couples had kids. They had deadlines. They had careers. They had full calendars. They were busy. They were busy people. But they also had a sense of the Great Commission they had a sense of God's community. They had a sense of, I'm in God's kingdom, and there's a cause for me in God's kingdom. So they were busy at a lot of things, but they weren't too busy to go to God's house and build God's people. See, Nehemiah was busy. He was busy with the rubble. He was busy with the, the boulders and the barriers and, 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 and even greater burdens. But understand, Nehemiah was busy and and, and made room and time for this mission. Because Nehemiah was cupbearer to the king of Babylon. Nehemiah was the taster of food for the king of Babylon. He had a place of import and notoriety and, and prominence in the king's court. Yet one day, Nehemiah's brother and a few friends came to visit, and Nehemiah asked them, how is Jerusalem, and how are uh, the remnant of the Jewish people that live there? And his brother and his friends told him that they were both in great trouble and they were in disgrace. And it says that Nehemiah sat down, Nehemiah wept and mourned and fasted and prayed. And it says that he prayed for four months, asking God, make a way for me to go back and go back to build. Make a way where the king will give me a leave of absence so I can go back and I can go back to build. Nehemiah was busy. And Nehemiah had big stuff going on in his life. Nehemiah with the prominence and the influence and the personal trauma he was dealing with. But in the midst of all of that, Nehemiah said, I'm not too busy. I don't have a distracted spirit. See, in the last few years, things have changed quite a bit around church. You've probably noticed surveys in the past 20 years uh, have changed the definition of faithfully going to church, you know, a faithfully attending church member has fallen uh, 20 years ago. It was three times a week. I remember growing up like that. Does anybody remember that? You're going to church like three times a week. Probably that was on the low side of the commitment, you know. And I, and I think to myself, what, how did we get things done back then? Because church was three hours. You'd go three times a week. I mean, it was like this big, big block on your, on your calendar. But in the past 20 years, it's gone from three times to a faithfully attending member of a church now is defined as one to two times a month. Yes, that's, you, the shocked ones are the ones that are still on that old <laughs> commitment level. They're like, what? Who is doing this? Listen, there's lots of reasons for it. You know, there's churches that, make mistakes and injure people and, and, and wound people. There's people who have 
habit patterns that they never get that stone moved. And so it's always, always a battle. It's always a fight. There's lots of reasons, but today, can we just talk about I'm too busy? Can we just move that one? Can we convince ourselves that what God wants to do in my life here, like there is nothing as important what God wants to do in the presence of his, of his people and the preaching and the teaching of his word and the activating of the gifts that he's put in my life and the honing of, of the heart and the passion and the releasing of, of my testimony into other people's lives where what God did in me can now be used, God can do in them. See, I'm not, I'm not talking about church attendance as a spiritual scorecard. Can we just understand that? I don't go to church to show my spiritual superiority. If anything, I go to church because I know my own condition and I know my own depravity and I know my own need and I know that if I don't get into a place where God is showing up and God is, there's people in my life who know me and know me well enough to call me and say, what are you doing? Where are you at? How come you haven't showed up for a while? Did you go back with him again? Let's talk about it. I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm, here, but I'm also not going to let go of you. So I just want to urge you a little bit. God's got more. God's got more for you. And when you're in the fabric of a community like that, something changes. I need to be in God's house with God's people. I need to be in a place where I'm receiving and being taught God's word, where I'm reminded Jesus' love for me, Jesus' forgiveness for me, Jesus' promises for me, Jesus' faithfulness to me. Church teaches me and reminds me that Jesus loves me, that Jesus forgives me, that Jesus has a plan for me. God is my one main thing. God is my one only necessary thing. In Acts 17, Paul is speaking to a group of uh, Athenian philosophers, really intellectual people. And he's, Paul is talking to them and he's urging them to the truth. And, and he says to them, this is how Paul believed. I, I, I believe this is something that is central to this idea. I, I can't be too busy and I can't be distracted because I believe what Paul said and that's in him, in God. It's in him that I live. It's in him that I move. It's in him that I have my being. Like this is the priority of all priorities in my life and my world. And if life has seemed unstable lately, if the joy of your heart has been, has been strained or stalled out lately, it could very well be that the main thing is no longer the main thing. And in the busyness of life and the competing voices, my goodness, we have so many voices competing for our attention, competing for our mercy, competing for our empathy, competing for our dollars. And by the end of it, you think, well, you're doing so many good things just like Martha. Martha, you've been busy serving, and serving is not a bad thing, but you've set it as a priority over being in, with Jesus. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. We get distracted and we think, well, we're, I'm too busy. You know, I got to make the grade. I got to get the job. I got to find the, the girl. I, I'm distracted by so many other things. Maybe good things. But we make decisions. Like, think about what is the filter for your decision-making process. I, I believe it's in the high 90th percentile. Most people's decisions are based on money or title. You know, how they will appear or how much they will get. 
And, and when's the last time as you processed a new job or processed a new possibility or processed some of those decisions you have to make, have you asked, God, what do you want from me? God, where do you want me to be? God, what's best for my spiritual growth? Not my 401k growth, but my spiritual growth. Mark 8, 36 says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Come on, what's it, what do you gain if you gain it all but lose your soul? Man, I'm not too busy. I need God. I'm not too distracted. I need the people of God to help me stay on point. Prioritize your soul, amen? Prioritize your spirit. Prioritize Jesus in your life. We're not too busy, right? Come on, God has, has interrupted a lot of busy schedules. Zacchaeus was too busy being a greedy tax collector. And Jesus just boop, interrupted that distraction. I'm so glad that God interrupts our distractions. It says that Miriam was overtaken with gossip and envy and just distracted. But God interrupts that distraction. The woman at the, at the well, she was distracted by sexual sin and multiple stuff going on in her life, and Jesus goes to her personally. He says, you're not, too, you're not too dirty for me to have this conversation with, but let me tell you, you are way too distracted in things that will consume your soul, and I'm here to water your soul. I'm here to refresh your soul. I'm here to roll away a boulder and a barrier and a burden that's, that you've been carrying. I wish we just had to go around some of these barriers that we play with and that we've had past interactions with. But the reality is we don't just go around barriers. We, we carry these barriers. We carry these weights. We carry these burdens. And that's why the Bible says, cast all your cares on him. Unload the weight of your soul. Let your spirit be in that place where you are free and there's freedom from guilt. There's freedom from a conscience that won't let you go. If you're forgiven in Christ, you'll be found in a local church a lot. It's the thing that brought me from a decision in a moment to becoming a learner and a disciple. And it put people in my life where I said, I don't understand this. How's this work? And I don't understand this passage. What's that mean? And how, how, do, you, how do you have a godly family? And how do you, how do you grow in him? And, and what's it look like to really work in the workplace with integrity and have a great name and, and exalt Jesus through your testimony in your workplace? And you get people around your life. See, make time for God. You need it. Amen? Make time for God's house. We all need it. Jesus himself, Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. God is building his church. I'm going back and I'm going back to build. Nehemiah said, yeah, there's, I've got a busy life and I could live distracted for a long time, but thank God, God finds you today to interrupt the distraction, to interrupt that thing and to say, you're too busy there's only one thing that's necessary. There's only one main thing. Jesus invites us to go where he is and to build what he's building. I will build my church. You know, the, the word church, ecclesia, it means called out ones in the Greek. And, and called out, uh, the, the Greek word infers not just a calling out, 
like a pulling out of something, but it's pulled out to be reinserted and, and put into something else. And so the very word church, it means you're called out of that stuff. You're called out of that past life. You're called out of the distractions. You're called out of that, and you're called into a family. The church, the called out ones, called out of darkness into his light, called out of isolation into a family, called into, I just hope I can make it on my own, to there's others walking with me who know me know me well enough to check me and and challenge me and encourage me we do not go to church because we we go to church because we're recipients of great grace we go to church because that's where we we encounter the presence and the people of God so I want to give an opportunity today as we close and we've got a great day planned and hopefully I I prayed hard I hope the rain is going to hold for about an hour so we can cook for you, we can feed you lunch, and we can watch the kids play and have a great time, face painters and all the stuff that we've got lined up. So you can stick around for an hour because coming back to church isn't just filling a seat, it's finding your place. It's not just sitting down, it's standing up and being counted. And just sticking around for an hour, the meeting after the meeting is always the best part. It's where your life gets connected. It's where you meet a friend or two. It's where you get to share what God did or what you're hoping God will do. That's where it happens. But let me, as we close, let me give you just an opportunity to respond. First, I want to talk to those who who say, I want to respond to this message. Maybe your response is as simple as, I'm going back to church. This is a priority for me. I kind of got into that once in a while, whenever convenient mode. And I mean, I got to ask, you know, that's, are you at that place where you see God's house, what Jesus is building with the priority that he sees it? And maybe, maybe that's your response today. I want to say, welcome home. Show up each week. Give God your heart. Give him, you know, he'll heal your past. He'll take care of, you know, all that stuff. He'll give you hope for your future. And, uh, and really the best way to get back is show up on Sundays and get into a citizen group, one of our groups. That's one of the best ways. Just show up on Sundays and get in a group. It's what I did when I said this prayer years and years ago. I just started showing up on Sundays, making friends, got in a group. Uh, maybe your response is, I'm going to build. I, I really want to get intentional about building. Uh, just decide that you want to be part of building this local expression of God's church. There's lots of great churches, and we're not in competition with any of them. We're co-laboring and partners with all of them. Uh, But we all are called to a local field. And if it's this place and this local church, we have a great class for you. It's called the church class. We offer it on the first Sunday right after church, and we'll tell you about who we are, where we've been, and how you can be a part of where we're going. That's That's just a practical way. If you're saying, I want to build and if you really want to go next level in building, there's something around here we call team. And team is how we get everything done. Team is, is uh, we had 75 team members at this campus show up early this morning to set the stage and get everything ready so that we could have a great Sunday uh, together, just serving together. And that ties our hearts together. It's an awesome thing. So there's lots of ways you can, if you're deciding, I'm, I want to get back to building, you can do that. But I'm going to ask you right now to close your eyes because as we conclude, I I do want to pray for those 
whose response today is to say, Pastor, I hear you talking about church and all this stuff, church stuff. But if you were to be honest, you might admit that you really don't know where you stand with God. And the first barrier, the first burden for you to deal with today is what the Bible calls the burden of sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of God's holy standard. It goes on to say that because all of us have sinned, none of us are an exception, that the wages of sin is death. It literally, the Bible literally tells us that there are physical and spiritual consequences for sin. And that would be hopeless if we ended there. But the Bible goes on to say, the same verse goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The gift of God. That's, that means it's not a paycheck that you earned. It's not a reward that you deserve. It's grace that he gifts you. And Romans 5 verse 8 declares, God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the good news. Jesus took upon himself. His death paid the price of our sins. God wants to heal you. God wants to position you. God wants to involve you. God wants to restore you. But it all starts with God saving and forgiving you. And if that's you, you're here today and you're like, I'm not sure where I am on that spectrum. There's no reason to leave here today without being 100% certain that God forgives you. And if that's something you want assurance today, I'm going to help you. I'm going to pray a general prayer over us here in a moment and close. But before I do, with every eye closed and no moving around, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, I need that in my life. I need God in my life. He's the one thing. He's the main thing. He's the only thing. And he's everything you've been looking for. So when I count to three, I'm going to invite you just to lift your hand. By lifting your hand, you're saying, include me in that prayer. I'm not going to call you out of your seat or embarrass you, but I am going to pray a prayer of dedication that uh, generally across this room, a new day for you, a day of salvation, a day of forgiveness, a day of receiving God's love for you and putting you on a path of purpose where the barriers and the burdens and the boulders are rolled away. As you walk with him, are you ready? One, don't wait. Today is a new day. Two, he loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. He's got a plan for your hands already going up. One, two, three. Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else say, yeah, include me in that prayer, Pastor. Include me in that prayer. Praise God. I see you. I see you. I see you. Praise God. I see you. Thank you. Just going to wait one more second. All of eternity, the, this decision ripples into eternity. It ripples into your family and your generation and your legacy. Because your past will be gone. And your, new, and your future and your purpose in God begins to be unveiled. Praise God. Maybe you didn't feel comfortable lifting your hands with these others, but you know this is for you. And we're going to invite you to repeat this prayer with us just the same. Are you ready, church? Nice and loud all together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, give you my life I give you my life because you first gave me yours. First gave you yours. I, love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. You first loved me. So I surrender, all I am, I surrender all I am, everything I used to be, everything I, I, I hope to be. 
I put my life in your hands. Forgive me of my sin. In Jesus' name, make me a new person. Amen. Can we rejoice with these who just uh, prayed that prayer? Praise God.